When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. It's the Title IX podcast and the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I'm Steph Copley with Elisa Woods, as always. Hey, Lisa. What's up? Happy belated Mother's Day. We're recording <gasps> on Monday after the Sunday of Mother's Day. Did you have a good one? Thank you. I did have a good one. We, um, I was going to smoke some meats, yeah. but it was like super dark to the west the and sky I was, like, was a bit much no i know and like we were headed to church and i was like i don't want this all to get rained on so i just um threw some um ribs in a crock pot and when i got home i finished them on the grill and made some chicken legs on the grill and we had a delicious lunch and then we went up to ames and had like snacks and stuff at my yeah. grandparents' house and hung you out. Grazed for the yeah. afternoon. Yep. Grazed. The best kind. Those I are know. the best kind of days. Oh, it was really fun. Good. How about you? Uh, I was supposed to run the Des Moines women's half marathon, but also the sky that you mentioned yeah. became kind of a nuisance. So they had to delay it and then they bumped the half marathon to a 10 K and the relays got all messed up. So oh, I bummer. still was able to run. Um, my leg of the relay, it just kind of took the wind out of the, the morning a little bit. Yeah. And it's, that's no, that's not a criticism of the organizers or anything. They can't control yeah. the weather. But after that, I went over to my sisters who hosted a nice brunch, um, breakfast burritos mm. with taters and eggs and okay. bacon and all of the, the good stuff. So we ended up that having awesome. a nice time and then just a quiet rest of the day. So it was a good mother's day. Yeah, yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, um, I did see that you were wearing leopard print tops. Sure. Cheetah, cheetah. Oh, cheetah. Yeah, I mean, gosh darn cheetah. I loved them. Yeah, I knew you would. I knew you loved would. them. Yeah, we were team gosh darn cheetah for the I love it. Yeah, it was fun. It it was okay. So there was that. But um, I'm glad you had a good day. Yeah. So we need to give a shout out to our friends and sponsors at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. We teased it last episode, but we have a special guest interview at the end of this episode of the podcast. We are going to be joined by Associate Dean of Academic Affairs and Diversity, Valentina Salati. You will listen to the, the interview. You'll hear about her. She has an amazing story, a super thick Italian accent, uh, mm-hmm. which is beautiful. And then you'll also learn more about the school itself. And I think you'll hear right away. My biggest takeaway was just how much she cares personally about the success of the school and how much the staff in general cares. It just came through really clearly. And, um, you know, Iowa State's our alma mater, and we like to hear that they still care deeply about the school's success and their students. So that was really cool. But I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. And fun fact, after the interview was over, we were just kind of chatting and she was asking about the podcast, asking about us, and we discovered that we're both runners. And she actually was planning to run the Dwayne women's half over the weekend too. So oh, that's so funny. I didn't see, I didn't um, run into her and I did, I was going to look up her time and I was like, 
no, if you look it up, you'll end up spilling it on the podcast. And I don't think she <laughs> wants that publicly announced necessarily. So, but um, encourage you to stick around and listen to that. She's, she's wonderful. So thanks to the Ivy College of Business for continuing to sponsor the, the pod. And thank you to Dr. Salati for joining us. And hopefully we can have her back again, maybe once a semester, or once a school year, something like that. Yeah, that would be awesome. And then shout out, of course, to the Mississippi River Distilling Company, our sponsors of the entire podcast network. I think, Elisa, it's officially patio drinking season. Oh, do yeah. Think? Do you think we're there? Oh, yeah. Okay, For sure. All right. Well, you know, I mean, sometimes you get especially. like a, a day or It'll, two of... I know it'll get cold again, won't it? I hope it doesn't because we want you to go drink on the beautiful patios over there at the Mississippi yes. River Distilling Company. I thought I saw them put out something today... That's like maybe gin and whiskey together. Are they do it. I think so. What? Fill the time while I Google this. With what? Did you drink any gin or whiskey over the weekend, over a Mother's Day weekend? Well, that's a good question. No, I didn't. <laughs> I, dr- I drank I some love Coors- how much you had to buy. <laughs> I drank some Coors Light. Mm. I had a couple mimosas. <laughs> A Bloody Mary mm. after we that ran. Sounds delightful. Did you find I haven't it yet? really No, I haven't really been doing anything. I've just been thinking about alcohol. <laughs> Mrs. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. Oh, I was a little off. Okay. They've teamed up with, I can't read. Oh my gosh, you guys. She just made the old lady face while looking at her phone. They, you gotta go to the you gotta go to their um Twitter to figure all this stuff out because these words are real small, but it's rum and rye spirit. Okay. They're teaming up with someone, you said? Yeah. Okay. Let's see. So are they selling this in a bottle? Or is this something you have to go to the distillery to get? Like is Star it Union Spirits. Okay. Um, you'll be able to get your hands on this award-winning blend on May 5th at Poor Bros QC and Moline on May 11th from six to nine for the official release party. Be there, be square. Oh, I wish we lived closer. I know. Moline. Mm, quad cities. I know. All in our name. We are going to get over there or else. Bug. Okay. So, well, bug. shout out to them. We love all of our sponsors. We're very grateful. All right. Let's start out the pod with a sing-along. Are you ready? Um, Will you sing We Are the Champions for the listeners? We are the champions, my friends. That was pretty good. Bah, bah. Oh, I'm not done. <laughs> and we'll keep on fighting till the end. Bah, bah, bah. Are okay. you done now? Yep. Okay. And the champions Lisa is referring to is the Cyhawk Series champion. Last Tuesday, Iowa State softball rebounded off of two losses to number one, Oklahoma to beat the Hawkeyes five to four. And that was a significant win for a couple of reasons. First, like we just said, it secured the Iowa corn Cyhawk series win for Iowa State. And second, it was in front of record attendance at the Cyclone Sports Complex. And I don't know if you saw the videos and the pictures. It was packed. And I just, we've seen that around the country um, for a couple of seasons now. And to see that happen in Ames, it made me so happy. Yeah, that's so cool. And we talked a lot last year about Iowa State softball. They are coming off of a ton of success from last year. Last year, they were led by Sammy Williams and they're at it again. They secured the number four seed in the Big 12 tournament uh, that starts later this week in Oklahoma City. 
it's the highest seed in big 12 championship history for Iowa state. So yeah, they're, they're about 500 this season, but they played better in big 12 this year than, than they did last year. Um, the tournament starts on May 12th and we take on number five Baylor and the game is on ESPNU. And it's interesting this year, the big 12 tournament is doing a new format. It's single elimination. And then the winner takes the auto bid to the NCAA tournament. Mm. Um, but Iowa state's on a little bit of a streak. They've won six of their last eight games, including series wins against Baylor. So fingers crossed for another good showing later this yeah. week. And, you know, like I said, we covered last year a lot more. It was just a record breaking season for, for Sammy. So it was easy to cover. Um, and we didn't do as good of a job this year, but forgive us. There's a lot going on. There's college sports were blowing up and, you know, falling <laughs> off the face of the earth, but um, I have to say this is the first year I've noticed Iowa state fans that I follow on social media, tweeting about it and Facebooking about, so Iowa state softball. And I just, I think it's taking off a little bit here and it That's makes me cool. really happy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I just feel like the season snuck up on us. Well, and it's hard to, because how. so much of the early part of the season for Iowa state is played indoors or across the country in warmer clients, mm-hmm. or clients. I have my lawyer hat on climates. Uh, so, you, you know, we don't get to see, they're not in person for a lot of that early part of the season, whereas other programs have the advantage of that. So I think that's part of it. I really do. Um, and then, you know, it's just suddenly big 12 plays here and they play a lot of double header or series, you know, so it's yeah. just quick, 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 bam, yep. bam, bam. I think that's part of it, but yeah. Yeah. So everybody pay attention and, um, we'll try to do our best to keep you guys updated on them to hopefully they can make a little bit of a run. Yeah. That'd be nice. And then I mentioned this to Elisa right before we started recording. Iowa State Golf, the women's golf team, had a record-breaking day today in their NCAA regionals. They are in a tie for fifth place after the first round of their regional. Um, They shot as a team 287. It's the school's lowest NCAA regional first-round score ever. That was a school record. And then Ruby Chu also broke the school record for the lowest recorded 18-hole score um, in an NCAA regional. So both record-breaking from an individual perspective and a team perspective. So keep an eye on, on the Iowa state women's golf team in the next couple of days as well. I like shouting out. I was going to say, I just love being able to shout out these teams, especially the ones that aren't the necessarily the marquee, um, teams that we, you know, tend to gravitate towards. It's, it's fun to do. Yeah. All right. I wanted to shift gears a little bit and pick your brain about two things that are near and dear to your heart. And that is the NFL and horse racing. We I do love both of those. I know things. you do. I know. And I know you'll have opinions because that's just who you are. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the draft, first of all, I know we're a little bit, you know, delayed because we record every two weeks, but I just wanted to get your take on a few things. First, I, the production of it every year I watch, I'm always like, what the hell are we watching? Yes. It's just so strange. It's yeah. so slow. Everything about it is like the antithesis of what we expect in our, you know, our normal everyday viewing habits. What do you think of it? Why do we watch it? I, one thing that I don't understand is why they aren't all in that room together anymore. And maybe that was a COVID thing that know. they started putting them in this, these little pods, but then it's like, they're like they're six not even, miles away. Yeah. Yeah. They have to make this like 
It's like walking through SNL, you know, that like, <laughs> skit where, here we go. Yeah. All the way. And one there. of them went the wrong direction and stuff. And it's like, but just put them all like the Emmys, just put them all back in the same room. Yeah. It's but, very I mean, maybe strange. that's, yeah, maybe that is a, a product of COVID, COVID. and stuff. I don't know, and but maybe they'll even, stop doing that. But. Even my six year old noticed that. She was like, why are they walking yeah. so far? I don't know, kid. Yeah. It just adds to the weird length of this <sighs> damn thing. And I love the story. I actually heard the story on Dan Patrick that um, Brees was just, he was in Vegas with yeah. his family, yeah. just in like their hotel room, hanging out, like chilling by the pool and stuff. And then when he got the call, he decided, I'm going to go shake Roger Goodell. Yes, hand. that's literally what happened. <laughs> we were watching it and he just went down there. I love that. He wanted his moment. And you know what? Yeah. Good for him. Especially, yeah. especially when we find out that the Jets wanted to trade up for him in the first round, didn't have to, so they didn't. But yeah. I just think, you know, like, and my favorite thing about Brees right now, I've always loved Brees. Obviously we all adore him for everything mm -hmm. he did as a cyclone, but man's got a chip on his shoulder. And I yeah. think he always had that to a certain extent. We heard a lot about that, the five-star culture thing, but it's, it is palpable now. Yeah. And just hearing him say, you know, hearing him say, I'm the best running back in the draft, hearing him say, you know, they wanted to trade up for me and didn't these, these little comments that I don't even know if most people are picking up on, but we are obviously, it's yeah. just, that guy is determined. You can tell. Yeah. It was no, cool to I'm see him in his Iowa state gear <laughs> yes. um, and his media availability. For yeah. the Jets too. Showing us a little love. That's right. What did you think about our other cyclones getting drafted? I mean, it was cool. I, I, I really enjoyed watching people like get the call, like watching Charlie get the call and stuff. And, um, I was, I'm always like, I wish you could tell us who all these people are in the room. Like, oh yeah. Mom, where's right, dad? Like, right. you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I mean, that was, it was cool. I thought, I think that, um, then a handful of guys got signed after, after the, fact. the draft too. I I'm just like, I'm curious to see where this goes. Cause it, it feels like there were far more Iowa state names and I don't know the history and stuff, but it just feels like there's just a lot more Iowa state names than in years past. You mean than in years past? Yeah. yeah. And I, and not only that, but I think they're players that could stick, you know, it's, um, it yes. feels like this is a crop of cyclones who, even if you didn't get drafted who, and you don't know, got picked up after the fact that yes. they're guys that are going to make the team and, mm -hmm. you know, potentially even have impacts on these NFL squads, not just practice guys. So yeah, definitely. I was, um, I, I mean, it's no secret that I love Charlie. Um, <laughs> I was just really happy for him, especially. Um, and he told me he'll come on the pot. I have it in writing. Have it writing, Charlie. Yeah. Have it in writing. Um, and then to see Brock go as Mr. Irrelevant. And I just <gasps> yes, there's I something loved that. so poetic about it being him. This guy I who know. couldn't give a crap about where yeah. he goes being yeah. labeled Mr. Irrelevant. I just and the, you know, we that just laid out perfectly for Iowa fans to take shots. And I was like, you know, take all the shots you want. I promise you, he doesn't care. He no, doesn't not at all. <laughs> So just, Not at you all. have your fun Hawkeyes. Right. You have your fun, but, and his family, I, I mean, they're just, uh, they are, they seem like a crew that's really solid together. So yeah. just the whole thing was, it was a really happy, um, draft to watch and I'm happy for all our guys. And then to see Chase Allen get picked up by the bears and then Mike Rose, um, get picked up by the chiefs. And I think, I think, we might get Mike Rose on the pod with us. We have a chief's connection. Um, 
And so hopefully he'll be joining us, if not the next episode, soon after. So if you have questions it. you want to hear us ask, ask Mike, slide into our DMs. Yeah. Why are you so cool? <laughs> I dare you to ask. <laughs> hey, why are you so cool? Mike, it's so good to see you. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of women in their 30 year old yeah. in their 30s get really do, nervous to talk do to you to be, be our best friend that's what that's what we were really like with well. emily i was like hey emily want to be our best friend <laughs> we did geek out over yeah. emily but that's because she's a ba i know and also it embarrassed her and it was kind of and fun. it was fun to watch her squirm a little bit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she's the perfect person for that yeah um okay let's talk horse racing your other yes. love Oh my How did, gosh. What did you, did you watch the Derby live? I did. Yes. Okay. So, so I watched the Derby. Tell us everything. I was just very confused about <laughs> what was going on because I, I could, I was watching it at this bar, but they didn't have the sound on. Oh gosh. And so I was like looking at the numbers at the bottom and, and like they have the numbers kind of flipping and stuff when the whole, which horse is in the lead and stuff yeah. like that. And it's I was kind like, of, if you watch NASCAR, it's like the lead of, which yeah. I know you And do. so I was like trying to figure out which of the horses was the 80 to one. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> and also like, I, I watched it later. What I didn't realize when I was watching it is how fast that pace was. Yeah. And like, if they how would have just slow down a little bit there's no way he would have come up and won and you're right the it i've watched that stinking race so many times yeah. i've watched it more i've watched that race more than i've watched any other horse race combined in my life because i cannot believe what we were seeing and you're right if he hadn't i mean if he hadn't picked up the pace exactly where he did it, and for all of the things that had to go right for the way he had to frogger through all of those other horses. I mean, anything could have gone even a smidge wrong and it wouldn't have happened. So much had to go perfectly right for that rich strike horse to get where he, I just, it's mind blowing to me. It still yeah. is. It still yeah. is. And like Sonny Leone was like, that was his first ever Kentucky Derby, which that doesn't happen is all that often. Yeah. Okay. And I was thinking, I think the Kentucky Derby that Calvin Burrell won might have been his first, first derby. Yeah. But I, I'm not completely sure, but like that was, that was Sonny's first derby and it was the, like Just, the horse wasn't even supposed to run. Right. Like it was the alternate basically. Right. right. And then it ran, but like the thing is like afterwards, what I thought was so interesting, they're like trying to, interview the jockey mm -hmm. but like rich strike is just flipping Freaking out out yeah and it's like those horses know they know like they love to run they love to compete and it's like that's so fascinating that he knew he just won a you think big that's what time it was? race i think it was and he was hyped up and um i mean it was it was the perfect race for him to run and exactly it was like froggery his way through there um, i'm sure you've seen it but the overhead view of it is yeah unbelievable yeah. well and everyone else is slowing down mm -hmm. and he's speeding up mm -hmm. and so it looks even more dramatic but i just thought that that was so interesting they were trying to get the they were trying to get the 
interview with this horse and the horse just had so much adrenaline. Like he just could not calm down. And the pony horse was like, he was like beaten up on the pony horse. Yeah. And the pony horse was like reared up once. <laughs> and I was like, Whoa, just a disaster. They- yeah. It's yeah. funny, Elisa. I can't imagine having watched that without the sound because that call is so incredible. Yeah. So I, I bet it was a totally different experience for you seeing it. And you were probably like, are you, are my eyes deceiving me? Yeah. And like nobody else in the bar that I was at was watching it really. Like a couple of guys were kind of standing there watching it, but I was just like, guys, what is going on right now? Because I think this 80 to one horse just won. And then like they, then they like had the closed captioning on the Mm -hmm. bottom and stuff. And I'm like trying to read the closed captioning and watching. And I'm just like, this is wild. And then I like get in the car and I'm like, well, I got to turn on sports talk radio mm-hmm. and nobody's talking about it. And I'm like, ah, I got to find somebody to talk to about this. <laughs> the other piece of it that I think is amazing is that horse was purchased for $30,000, right. which is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. But in the world of horse racing, to me, that seems like pennies. So, so was the horse claimed because it ran in a claiming race basically which means like that you can buy that like after the race Mm -hmm. you can buy the horse Mm -hmm. um but I didn't know if it did get claimed was it recently I don't know how I don't know how that all played out I just read that in a story yesterday okay yeah but either way, I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that is not yeah. big cash for, I know. for a horse. So and the whole thing is just, yeah, it's really especially uh, like a lot of these, a lot of these groups come together and pitch mm-hmm, in like mm-hmm. a couple grand here, a couple grand right. there. And there's like 15 owners yeah. and stuff like a group of owners. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe <sighs> we should do that with that all would of be our epic. leftover cash. that we have, yeah. around, you know, you know money what? Bags. what would we name our horse? Oh. Oh, I don't know. You're the, you're good at naming things and you're the brains of this operation. I mean, we could get a Philly and, and call her Jared's girlfriend. (laughs) Is that enough? That might be too many letters. No, no, no. I've seen some of those horse names. Jared's girlfriend is (laughs) fine. Jared's GF. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could just, we could just go, um, we could just go like straight up like coach coach Campbell or something. I don't no, know. It's gotta be, it's gotta be girl power. Related. It's gotta be funny. No, it doesn't even have to be funny. It just has to be like, go. Okay. Girls. We'll think, think on it. this. Okay. Yeah. If you have ideas again, slide into our idea. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick break. And then we get back. We'll do some fun shout outs. We are brought to you by authentic brand. Authentic brand is more than just your source for official cyclone gear with an amazing team of designers. Authentic brand can custom manufacture polo shirts, jackets, caps, bags, and beyond for your team or small business. Check them out online at authentic-brand.com. Look authentic, feel authentic, be authentic. All right, we're back. And as we often do, I would like to give a little shout out to our friend, Hope Wood, who uh, sponsors the pod. I just saw Hope over the weekend, actually. We had our law school class reunion and she was there in the flesh. I got to sit next to her at dinner, talk to her. She's so much fun. I've told you guys a million times that she is a genuinely good human and she confirmed that on Friday night. She's wonderful. So check her out at hopewoodjd.com so she can do 
your will. She does a will in a day program. It's a flat fee. She handles everything start to finish super fast, super easy, ridiculously easy, I would say. And if you want to use the promotion fanatic for $50 off the service. And like we always say, we like to support small businesses here at Cyclone Fanatic. And we especially like to support small businesses that are run by good people like hope. So check that out. Hopewoodjd.com. I did see some people on, um, comment on your picture saying that they, that they did it. Sure. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So I tweeted That's a picture cool. of me and hope from the dinner and, um, Elisa's right. A few people did, did mention that. So keep that going. Hope is great. We appreciate your support of the pod hope. Okay. Let's get to some shout outs. Last week, Iowa State hosted their Oscars, which stands for the Outstanding Scholar Athletes Celebrating Achievements and Recognition Showcase. That is a mouthful, but I appreciate the use of the Oscars acronym. They're very creative. Um, Iowa State, this is just some fun facts from the from the uh, celebration. Their most recent graduation success rate was 93%, a school record and second highest mark in the Big 12, according to the 2021 D1 academic metrics. So... I know the student athlete, uh, nomer is kind of a, you know, we get, it tends to be a misnomer, I guess we kind of make fun of the, the name student athlete, but at Iowa state, I actually think that's true. Um, and you know, in this world of NIL and six and seven figure contracts with people, I think, um, this is something we're going to have to continue to promote and, um, really focus on what, you know, what does your degree mean to you and, and what, what can it get you after you graduate? So this stuff is especially, mm-hmm. I think it's really important right now, potentially more than ever, but I just wanted to shout out some of the female athletes who won, um, their highest GPA on each of their teams. So women's golf was Ellie Breaksick. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Laura cook for gymnastics, Dana Fayan for women's cross country, Madri Frederick for women's basketball. The name we've mentioned on the pod a few times, Erica Furbeck for women's track and field, uh, Mishka Kalishkaya for tennis, which I practiced that name a few times. I hope I got it right. <laughs> Kaylee Pond for softball, Jordan Silkovitz for soccer, Keely Tierney for swimming and diving and Abby Griman for volleyball. And Abby was named the captain out of everyone, men and women for having the highest GPA overall. So congrats oh, to you, smarty pants. And guess who was <laughs> for football? Just guess. Uh, our old friend, Chuck. Spaghetti hands, Kohler. <laughs> spaghetti hands. Pickleball, spaghetti hands, smarty pants, Kohler. That's right. Good job, can Charlie. Him, can we call Love him you. Chucky? Chucky? You can try that if he comes on the pod. Okay. Um, the women's golf team won the Cyclone Serve Award for their outstanding efforts in community service. They averaged 16.7 hours per athlete. Um, and Ruby Chu, the one who scored the record, uh, round today had the season high 88 hours of work in the community. Wow. And, you know, we, we mentioned this, um, about how sometime, how we were worried about the women athletes getting kind of the short end of the stick with these collectives, especially the way the collective is set up now. Um, because the idea with the, we will collective is that you, um, you know, you get paid to do those, um, efforts for non for other nonprofits and women aren't included in the collective as it stands right now. But, and we, we mentioned a lot of times these female athletes do it on their own. And I mean, that's just proof of that. And I'm really proud of that. So congrats to you. Fun fact, really quick. Um, the social media profiles are now linked to each of the students, um, student athletes bios on cyclones.com, 
which obviously they've done oh. since then. And I just thought that was cool. We mentioned that at one time. Um, so it's, and I looked at pictures from the, the Oscars last week and it's just fun to see mm-hmm. these athletes in attire other than their jerseys. You know, it's a good, mm, yeah. we've said this before, but it's a good reminder that they're one people and two, that they're still college kids. You know, they yeah. suddenly they switch out of their jerseys and they're in dresses and dress clothes. And you're like, wow, like <laughs> <laughs> they're still college kids. So it's a, that's yeah. a good reminder. Something we all need to remember. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I have another shout out for regarding a story that you actually sent to me originally, but I think this is kind of the finale of it. So amputee Jackie Hunt Brosma, I think that's how you say her name, Brosma, ran 104 marathons in 104 days. And that will likely be a world, it will be a world record if that is confirmed. Uh, But her plan was to do 100, which is what you sent me originally, I think, Elisa. But the crazy part of this, I mean, one of the crazy parts is that a British woman ran 100 in 100 days, just days before Jackie was going to do it. So she was, oh, like, wow. you know, I might as well do two more just to break the record and then add oh, a couple more just for fun, because why not at this point? Why not? So she ran 104 marathons in 104 days. She lost her leg to a rare form of cancer in 2001. And, uh, she didn't, she was not, this is a great, another crazy part was not a runner before she lost her leg was always fit, but she decided, you know, if I beat cancer, um, through my sheer stubbornness, then surely I can run through sheer stubbornness as well. And she did. And she happened to raise almost $200,000, um, along the way for running blades for other people. So it's just an incredible story all the way around. And I can't imagine running that much and just obviously physical fatigue, but mental fatigue of just knowing that for, you know, almost four months, you're going to get up and do the same thing over and over again. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. So I just thought that was worth a shout out because pretty amazing. There's a yeah. lot of incredible humans out there. Yeah. All right. Let's talk WNBA. The season do is it. underway and our girl Bridget is back for the Minnesota Lynx. <laughs> I love it. Take it away. Did you look up some stats on yeah, I mean she's playing like 26 ish minutes what I saw per game <laughs> so they played two games she had seven points in the first game and then she didn't score in the second game but I I mean I still think that she's putting in quality minutes mm-hmm. getting quality rebounds assists and stuff like that and so it's very cool to see her playing that many minutes I think at the end of last season she was around like 15 minutes mm-hmm. per game if I remember correctly so it's cool to see her playing more minutes um the team is zero two, so hopefully they can turn that around I a little bit. Too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love to see her out there playing. It's, yeah. It makes me happy. And, um, hopefully we get a couple more cyclones in the league in the next couple of years, but it is tough. It is tough to make a WNBA roster. Yeah. Um, it's a small league to begin with. And then we're seeing names cut that are, you know, first round picks player yeah. of the year. Like Las Vegas aces waved Maya Hollingshed and she was the overall eighth pick. Yeah. Oh, like, hear that again. Insane. Overall, eighth overall pick eighth pick. Yeah. It, it's just tough. And there's a lot of talk right now of trying to expand the league because 
um, I forget what it was. There were literally hundreds of women's basketball players, um, that were leaving college and declaring for the WNBA draft for like, what, like 12 spots. I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I mean, my point is that there's, it's just next to impossible to make a roster. Um, so like I said, the WNBA is looking to add two expansion teams in the near future. That's what the commissioner came out and said this week. So I was wondering, do you think we could support a WNBA team in Iowa? Ooh, good question. We have remarkable support for college women's, uh, women's basketball here. And I'm just wondering if that would translate. That's a good question because we don't have super great support for the G league. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the teams that don't have men's teams in the same city. Right. Cause I feel like there is a lot of like crossover with some of that. Um, but that's a good question. I don't know. Do you think that they would play at the event center at Wells Fargo? That was originally what was in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hadn't really thought through that part of it, but I just started thinking because the, I saw someone pose the question, where would you like to see the two expansion teams? And my, my initial thought was not necessarily, I would like it, but could we support it? I mean, I would love it, but my first question was, is it something that's feasible? And you know, the G league is a little different. Um, it's just a, it's so it's, it's somewhat surprising to me that the G league doesn't get more support here in Iowa because yeah. we don't have, you know, an NBA team, but it is a little different. And I think, um, women's basketball fans here are rabid. The issue is they're rabid for their specific teams Yeah, and the fan base for Iowa state. I, I can't speak to Iowa, but tends to be older. Um, you know, you all have a lot of retirees and then you have yeah. a lot of young families, not much in between. And I'm not sure the retirees, that age group would necessarily translate to a WNBA team. That would, yeah. that is what I struggle with. Yeah. I would like to think it could, but I'm not, I'm not sure yet. Yeah. I agree but, with you. It would have to be a lot of like, like parents with young kids, mm-hmm. I think, or, you know, and the, the schools demo. and things like that. Yeah. You know, the young, the young family demo is, yeah. would be big. Yeah. So I don't okay. know. They, Go ahead. So I'm looking at the teams. So there's like LA, Minnesota, Chicago, Washington, Indiana, mm-hmm. Phoenix, Dallas, Connecticut, Atlanta, Seattle, Vegas, New York, Houston, Charlotte, Detroit, Tulsa, Sacramento, Cleveland, San Antonio, Miami, Portland, Utah, and Orlando. I'm curious what the Tulsa, I mean, that team yeah. seems like a similar. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. And it's hard that, um, you know, you named a lot of major cities and it makes me wonder like, where would these two extra teams, I think they absolutely mean them, but it's just going to be interesting to see where they fall. Yeah. I wonder if they would like put another one in Texas or something Something or another one in California. Right. Yeah. And kind of mimic where the other major sports teams have to. Yeah. Yeah. Like do a, like a Bay city type one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Something to keep our eyes on and we'll kind of keep you on the, should we call it like the Bridget O-meter or something like oh, that? Oh yeah. I like that. I'll have to think of a clever name for it, but yeah. we'll keep you updated on Bridget's progress. Yeah. Um, also WNBA re- related, uh, breaking news from sports mm-hmm. illustrated. They announced their <laughs> swimsuit edition cover and some familiar names on the cover, including Brianna Stewart, Sue Bird and Dee Dee Richards, Richards, among a couple of others. Sue Bird looked like an absolute oh, machine. Okay. Like that I would was, not. Alisa, that is hilarious. I had in my notes, Sue Bird is 41 years old and could kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yes. She, is, she looks like she's going to just destroy us. She's yeah. a smoking hot lady. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. 
I mean, she's got abs that are like, forget a six pack. It's like an 18 pack. There's so many packs. (laughs) So many. (laughs) Like they're phenomenal. And she has muscles that I didn't even know existed. Totally added muscles to her. (laughs) They they actually had to Photoshop out muscles. Right. (laughs) So she she looked like a human. So how do you feel about that? I thought it was fun. I did too. I loved it. Yeah. I mean, like I'm thinking about all of the times that they've had like, um, like baseball players do their little, like, Oh, hand over their crotch naked (laughs) picture. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) that's not typically the swimsuit edition one. No. Yeah. But you're thinking like the ESPN body issue. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Either way. Like keep going. um, Like Olympics stars kind of doing that kind of thing. I mean, they're like, I think that it's interesting because sports illustrated really tries has been recently, at least trying to like branch out to all different body types. Yeah. And it's like that athletic body type is a, is a body type. You know what I mean? It's a popular body type. You mean Sue Burns type? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean like all of the, all of the WNBA players have athletic bodies, but, but it's interesting. Their bodies are very, that you're yes. right. They all fall within the athletic category, but they're all very different. Agreed. It's, which is, I love it. I yeah. love it a lot. And that's why a couple of seasons ago, the WNBA debuted their new Jersey choices to better suit, um, the different body types. You know, they picked a Jersey style that would accommodate different body types. Yeah. I mean, I thought that was brilliant at the time. I still think it is now because they don't all fit into a one size fits all type of, um, you know, type of body. Yeah. But I will say I, I can't remember who I was having this conversation with. And if it was someone who's listening, please message me because it's been driving me nuts today. So the sports illustrated swimsuit edition, when we were kids used to be this racy, like, you know, like <laughs> the parents yeah. would hide it from the kids. Yeah. And I feel like something has shifted as of late where it's become less racy and more about celebrating women's bodies in a positive way. And now granted, I haven't seen the inside of the, this particular edition and maybe they'll prove me wrong, but I feel like with a cover like that, it's, there's nothing like sexy about it. It's just very much like, look at these women. They're a bunch of strong badasses and let's celebrate them. And I think that's great. Yeah. It's almost become like a platform. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. And a way for more than anything to like stand up and be like, I look great and I'm proud of it. And you should use two birds specifically. You should. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. So those are my thoughts. I, it was, those were all positive thoughts. My thoughts are like, am I going to go out and buy it? Probably not. Right. Did I like, did I double click on the picture of them? Sure. yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And and all of the tweets that, you know, like the just women sports and the together and all of those, I, I liked all of those because I think it's great that they're doing it. Yeah, for sure. Would you ever do the sports illustrated swimsuit additionally? Oh yeah. Just spread Eagle on the front (laughs) in a bikini. That's my style. Yeah. She says this as she's wrapped up in a blanket. (laughs) I have two blankets on. I'm freezing. It's 92 degrees outside and I'm so cold in the basement. Oh, that's amazing. But I, I think it's great. I mean, any way yeah. we can celebrate women, I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. So don't get in Sue Bird's way. <laughs> no. Um, I did see uh, some other WNBA news. Yeah. 
Um, they, Dana Evans, who is on Chicago, she became the first NBA or WNBA player to win a championship in Chicago and sign a deal with the Jordan brand. Since oh, Jordan. wow. So that's amazing. First of all, have the bulls won any championships? <laughs> Michael Jordan. That's the first question. Um, <laughs> but she signed a deal with Jordan. Yeah. That's really cool. And there's been some more shoe. We talked about the shoe deals, um, mm-hmm. scenario, how there haven't been a ton of shoe deals for, uh, WNBA stars in like 20 years. And there's been yeah. a few since we talked about that. Yeah, definitely. It's a movement. I love it. And then there's also um, some movement on the Britney Griner front. Yes. Like, I'm glad you brought lot, that up. Yeah. People have been just started talking about it a little bit more, started saying, you know, bring her back. They're going to start the season without her. And I read that they're going to pay her full salary and that mm-hmm. they're giving her team a little bit of relaxation on the salary cap there so they can bring in another player and yeah. still pay her. So I thought that that was really good. It was um, also super interesting because because it, um, there were so many mixed messages initially about whether we were yeah. supposed to be calling for her, you know, publicly or whether her family and whoever is in charge of this whole scenario wanted to keep it hush hush. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of mixed messaging. I'm actually not mm-hmm. sure what the, the correct and I'm using air quotes were or yeah. not, but now they've um, changed her status um, to wrong. I think it's wrongly imprisoned or something like Mm -hmm. that, which is a departure from what they were doing. And I think part of that comes, um, after another prisoner was released and I think they're pushing, um, to, to have the same treatment of a Brittany Griner. So yeah, this has been a saga. And I think, um, hopefully now, since they've changed her classification to wrongly imprisoned, the outcry can be louder, you know, and, um, gain some traction. And again, I'm not criticizing anyone because there was mixed messaging before, but hopefully this is the, this is how we start to put some more public pressure on not, not that they necessarily care, but the more, the louder it is, the harder it is for them to ignore. Yeah, definitely. And even put more pressure on like our government to put pressure on them too. So, yeah, but it's cool. The, the support that the WNBA is giving, um, the team, the family is, yeah. Seems like a very united front in that regard. And that's cool to see. Yeah, definitely. Any other WNBA news? That's all my WNBA news. Should we get to the interview with Dr. Salati? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Well, um, you'll hear that next, but in the meantime, go Cyclones. Go State. We are being joined by a very special guest. We are joined by the Associate Dean for Academic Affairs and Diversity at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State, Dr. Valentina Salati. Dr. Salati, thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Thank you for having me. The Ivy College of Business is a sponsor of our podcast, and we're really, really proud to have you guys as a sponsor. Um, And we just want to learn a little bit about Ivy and a little bit about you. Your background is super interesting. You have your undergraduate degree in economics, master's in banking and finance, and your PhD in banking and finance, all from Italy. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up at our state. Yeah, yes, of course. That, this is actually a question that I get asked a lot as an Italian in names. Why Iowa? <laughs> and I always say my fa- my own father still asks me the same question. <laughs> I imagine so. Yeah, yes, exactly. So um, 
for a for Italian PhD students, it's not uncommon to spend a little bit of time abroad. So when I was in uh, in my PhD program in Bologna, my major professor basically told me why you should go abroad for a little bit of time. Maybe you spend six months to a year. Um, abroad and then you you come back to the University of Bologna and then uh, you'll uh, you'll start your career uh, here in Italy and uh, he he himself did the same about uh, maybe 30 30 to 40 years ago now and he met this this professor uh, she was working at uh, uh, WashU her name uh, was Cynthia Campbell and um, Essentially, she moved to Iowa State. So he wrote to her and asked her, "We have, I have this PhD student. She does research in X, Y, and Z. Uh, would you want to have her? Would you want to do some research with her? And she said, yes. So that's how I moved to Iowa State to, to work with her. And I, and, and I did work with her for about a year. And then uh, um, after that, uh, short after that, I defended my, my PhD and uh, there was a position open, a tenure track position open with, uh, with the College of Business. So I ended up joining the College of Business. So, so you've been in Iowa State ever since then? Yes. Wow. Yeah, from not knowing that Iowa, Iowa, <laughs> Iowa are three separate states to yes. Isn't it funny how life works like that? Yes, absolutely. Will you tell us a little bit about your role as the Associate Dean for Academic Affairs and Diversity? We were, my co-host Elisa and I were curious about what the diversity component of it means specifically. Yeah, um, I I am a professor of finance and three years ago, uh, I think six months before the pandemic started, I moved into administration, which was excellent time Mm -hmm. (laughs) for me. I held uh, three different associate dean positions uh, with the Ivy College of Business. And uh, right now, I... I essentially oversee the academic affairs component for the Ivy College of Business and uh, and diversity. Um, so the uh, the diversity aspect, um, we uh, it, it is part of our strategic plan at Iowa State and at the Ivy College of Business to recruit and retain more uh, diverse student, faculty, and staff. And uh, I have always had an interest in uh, in diversity. I was the college equity advisor for a while, and uh, I I, I continue to, to be involved in, uh, in in very informal ways, as as frankly many other people at Iowa State and and the College of Business. Um, more recently, there was truly a strategic effort on behalf of the college to. Um, to institutionalize what we do in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so we wanted someone in a, in a, in a senior leadership position to have that as, a, as the, the formalized part of their responsibilities. And because of everything that I did in, in the past, it was kind of natural for me to take, uh, to take that part over. So you've been in this role since right before the pandemic, you said? Yes, I had a six month of normal and then essentially, yes. What a time. <laughs> what a time. Yeah. I mean, everybody was in the same That's boat. Right. I I transitioned into a role that had a lot of um, responsibilities for others. Um, you know, right at the kind of like still at the beginning of mm-hmm. my 
academic career if you want and during a time that was really strange yeah yeah so you walked into a role a brand new role during a super unprecedented time perfect (laughs) perfect are you enjoying it now that things seem to have kind of settled and you're settled into your position more I I've always enjoyed it honestly I in a strange way it feels almost bad to say it but I did enjoy working uh in in my role during COVID because of course the the stakes were high and uh, I I am naturally someone that wants to do well for other people so I had that opportunity and I knew that you know every day I would go to work or like log in you know on my computer at home and and do something that would uh, move the needle in the right direction for others and at the beginning of the pandemic was was especially um, kind of like frightening because we really didn't know how bad uh, it was gonna get for uh, for uh, the Ivy College and mm-hmm. Iowa State in general. There was this sense of uh, uncertainty about what the students are gonna do. Are they gonna take uh, you know a gap year? Are they gonna come back? Are they gonna do well? So everything that we were doing truly had um, it was tough, but it also was very very meaningful. Um, so I. I strangely enjoyed it, and uh, I am naturally um, a thrill-seeking. Yeah, it was. So I had I had my fair dose of uh, <laughs> uh, now two years and a half. <laughs> That's right. Do you feel like the Ivy College has bounced back and is you know trucking along stronger than ever? Because it sure seems that way from an outsider's view. Yes, we we navigated the pandemic really well. Mm-hmm. We I remember. Uh, when we when we went into our version of lockdown and everyone everyone got sent home for uh, from March to essentially the beginning of the fall, we worked so hard on uh, making sure that the faculty had uh, whatever they needed to teach uh, in a hybrid format. Most of our courses were uh, had actually an in-person component. We essentially worked on the technology of each single room in Jardin to make sure that we had uh, um, cameras Mm -hmm. available, those that track you wherever you go, so they could, uh, you know, track the faculty teaching and zoom in uh, on a whiteboard. So essentially, we started the beginning of the fall where, uh, like, we had a complete plan on how to deliver courses, and, and I think we did very, very well. Yeah, it appears that way. And, you know, we've always known that Ivy offers the undergrad programs, the master's program, PhD programs, but it seems like now more than ever, people are, you know, trying to trying new things, trying to go back to school and trying to find, you know, maybe new branches off of their career. So do you feel like Ivy is a place that has something to offer for everyone, no matter what stage of life you're in? Yeah, and it is, uh, if you think about uh, the Iowa State land grant mission to everybody in Iowa but also beyond this is exactly what we do at Ivy there is a constant uh, um, we constantly reflect on who are we not serving yet oh right and we we you know historically we have done very very well with the residential undergraduate population but we also have uh, really 
an a well-established MBA with a big concurrent component. We have added uh, many more uh, specialized master's degree with different delivery modalities. We have residential programs, we have uh, um, hybrid programs where there is a, a resident component in Des Moines and the names, and we also have fully online programs. And also more recently, in the in the undergraduate space, we have been thinking about uh, those people with uh, interrupted uh, college education. So right. someone that has um, some uh, um, some level of college education, maybe they have uh, an AA degree from a community college, but something uh, something prevented them from finishing or attaining that four year degree. So we just launched uh, last spring uh, a Bachelor of Business Administration, which is truly something that we are uh, we are offering to those people that can't come to campus. So the degree is fully online. Oh, cool. And it is for uh, for those that have that truly need to finish a degree in, uh, in business. So at, as long as you have uh, at least 45 credits of undergraduate education, you can enroll in the program. It is completely online, um, still has the same rigor of uh, any other programs at Ivy, uh, the faculty that teach in, uh, in, uh, in the BBA in this online program are the same faculty that teach uh, in our residential programs. And, and these people have the same level of support and services as uh, any resident, residential student. They have access to um, career coaching, specialized advising. We, we do have an in-house uh, writing and speaking center that takes online appointments. So we truly treat them as, as, as if they were here in Ames, but just with a, with a different delivery modality. And if you and if you think about that demographic, someone that has spent some money on a college education, but yet they don't have the degree yet, those are the one the ones that feel the the burden of higher education the most, right? Because they they made the investment, but they don't have the credentials, so they don't have access to the same job opportunities. So I think it is important. As a large public university, to to think about how to help those that particular demographic. Are you seeing that demographic uh, growing after the pandemic, or do you think, um, or are there any other demographics that you have seen an increase in um, in the last few years? Maybe as a result of the pandemic, or maybe something that was brewing, you know, prior to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I think that there is much more interest in, uh, in online education. It is interesting that even if uh, a degree is completely online, a prospective student would uh, naturally gravitate toward an institution that is within um, 100, 150 miles from where they live. Because mm-hmm. I think that there is still a, a connection to a part- the particular area where you are from, maybe you know the institution, maybe you know other people that have, uh, um, you know, that are uh, alumni of that institution. So mm-hmm. even degrees are completely online. I think there is there is a huge space for us in Iowa to uh, to do more in uh, in in the online space. When you, when someone comes to you and says, you know, I have, um, I'm thinking about this college or this college or this university, 
what is it about Ivy that, um, that sets you apart from, from other schools? Mm-hmm. I think uh, regardless of the delivery modality, whether mm-hmm. you're Names, uh, you are hybrid in Des Moines or you are fully online. We are uh, we are truly a high touch institution. I, one of my director has this great say that she always, you know, when when she's talking to students, she's a um, she's a student service director. She says, "You will you will know us, and we will know you," and that is one hundred percent true, even in in an online setting where uh, we might not meet these students in person ever. The the classes are small. Um, We we do not use GAs to deliver Mm -hmm. content. We might have some GA support, but it is truly the faculty that develop the course and delivers the course. So the the attention to the individual is, I think it it is what... uh, defines us and and separates our degrees from from the competition every podcast we do at the start of the podcast we give a shout out to you guys and we're constantly monitoring the awards you're winning the community outreach you're doing the outstanding achievements of your students and faculty there's a lot for you guys to be proud of and there's a lot for us to be proud of um, that you're our sponsor but what is it about ivy that you personally are most proud of um Probably that everybody that I work with uh, is 100% invested uh, in in our vision and our mission. In the faculty have gone above and beyond to serve the students, and uh, my my staff is is incredible. In it is truly because of my staff that I can do my job so efficiently. It is because they. They, they love what they do. They believe um, that the product that we offer is, is, is an excellent product. And in the end, they, we do see the result. We, we do see that people are, uh, um, when they graduate from Ivy, they, they are almost immediately employed, professionally employed. We see the, the undergraduate and graduate salaries increasing every every year even during the pandemic we really didn't see too much of a of a dip in uh, um, in, um, in 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 our job market and in the ability of students to do well so i think that um we are we are a bunch of highly motivated people and that shows yeah, absolutely does. Where can our listeners go to find more if they're interested about any of the programs or offerings that that Ivy has for uh, for its students? Well, we just uh, updated our website. Okay. So- Everything that um, uh, the the website is quite complete. Um, there are contact informations from for our recruiters and the product program directors. So just uh, um, calling our office or sending us an email is is a good way to get in touch with us. And I always tell our listeners to check out your Twitter feed because it's a great way to keep a pulse on what's going on um, with the students or fun things that are going on on campus. And it's just, like I said earlier, it's, it's something that we're really proud of to have you guys as a sponsor and 
you're growing constantly, you are continually improving and, um, you're just a beacon of excellence. So thank you so much, Dr. Salati for joining us. We thank you so much for your sponsorship of the podcast. We're proud to shout you out every week and hopefully we can have you on again. Um, and just so you can keep us in tune with what's going on at Ivy. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes. Thank you.